This is Learn From Others, where we interview a cross-section of successful individuals so you can learn from their experiences, achievements, and even their mistakes. We ask four questions that will educate and inspire. Greg Stanley will be your guide as we join our guests on a journey from adolescent daydreaming to success in today's world. Join us on this adventure as we learn from others together. Welcome to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. I'm very excited to introduce our special guest today, Carl Ving Dorvier. I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself, Greg? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for joining us. And before we find out what you're actually doing today, why don't you tell us, what did you want to be when you grew up? So I went through a whole whirlwind of events, but I would say the main thing what I wanted to be when I, when I was younger, I wanted to be in the NFL. And to give you a main reason why, and the backstory, when I was young, probably from like five until 12 years old, I was the complete opposite of who I am right now. Okay. I was extremely shy. I mean, severely shy. I had a speech impairment, so I would always stutter. It would take me about 30 seconds to get a word out. And I really had no friends, but it wasn't until it was my last day of school when I was in sixth grade. All the kids were outside playing football. It was a five-on-five game. They were down by one man. And they picked me out of the crowd and said, hey, Carlton, come out, come play, because we need someone to build the game. I was petrified. But I told the quarterback at the time, I'm like, hey, all I'm going to do is run and just do not throw me the ball. Just don't worry about me at all. I'm just going to run and do me. So I was having a great time. And then it wasn't until it was the last play <laughs> when uh, I realized that everyone was screaming and I was running down towards the end zone and I saw this big brown thing just coming, it's coming at me like full force. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And it was that moment when, when I caught the ball, when I started to feel like I was a part of a community. I caught the ball, made the last winning touchdown, and everyone was cheering my name, chanting me on. And it was that point, like, you know what? I want to be in the NFL. Wow, that's a great story to go from being a shy little guy. That's what I was back in the day, shy little guy as well. I never caught a touchdown football, though, so I could see that being real exciting if you were able to do that. That's really cool. <laughs> Thank you. Well, what was your first job? When were you had some responsibility and got a paycheck? Yeah, my first paycheck was at a movie theater. I was an usher, and it was a phenomenal experience because, one, I get free movies anytime I want to. And then secondly, it was a great way for me to meet everyone within the community. Yeah, that's really nice. That's a cool perk, being able to see whatever movie you want. That's, uh, that's a really nice job. Well, tell us, what do you do today? So right now, I, uh, I work as a client solutions manager at LinkedIn. And if you never heard of LinkedIn, LinkedIn is the world's largest professional network. And at my job, essentially, I help shape and grow global technology brands and truly understand their overall marketing objectives. So give us a generic example. You don't have to say names, obviously, or brands or companies, but can you give us a generic example of how that works day to day? Let's say I have my own company, and my company's name is Carlvin Enterprise. So I would have a meeting with Carlvin Enterprise with the whole entire marketing department. Within that meeting, I want to truly understand from a high level for the next year, within 2020, what is your overall goal? What is your overall marketing objective? Are you trying to increase revenue through a specific audience? Or are you trying to build brand awareness for a brand new product you're launching? And once I understand what they're trying to accomplish as an overall goal for the entire year, then I want to understand where and who the target markets are. Like if there's a specific area that who they're trying to reach. And secondly, 
I want to understand what makes their product different from their competitors. What are some of the unique features um, within their product that we could definitely take out? So it's very, it's very much a fluid conversation I've had with my clients to truly understand their business as if I'm working at their company. And then from there, I help them create a plan of how they can reach those members on LinkedIn. How is that plan implemented? So let's look at LinkedIn as a, you know, the service. So you obviously have a lot of demographics, you have a lot of information about your clients because you have resumes, you know, you know, everyone's work experience. Is that where you can kind of behind the scenes kind of go in and say, hey, this is the target market that my client's looking for. Now I can customize an ad or reach out to them a certain way. How does that exactly work? Yes, of course, a great question. As you probably know, LinkedIn is one of the most trusted platforms there is. And with all the information that we could find about a member, it's information that you provide yourself, which we we call as first-party data. So if all the information that you include, like where you work, where do you live, some of your experience, with those information, we can tell your industry, what type of function you fall under. And within that, we serve ads in three main, in three different ways. One, you can receive a sponsored email, which is, which is a message for one-on-one communication with another member. So it definitely creates that personalized feel when you're communicating with someone. And then secondly, you have your standard um, sponsored content, which is like standard message within the feed at LinkedIn and as you're scrolling up and down within the news feed you probably be hit with a Carlton Enterprise ad informing a member to take some sort of action. So it's definitely multiple plays that come into balance of how we target users, but we definitely take an account of the member's information and customize it with our unique executions of the ads we offer. Yeah, and it's so funny you say that because I am looking through LinkedIn right now because that's my primary mode of reaching out to folks in different industries, and I actually have a sponsored email. So uh, I can see exactly what you're talking about and how it works. <laughs> this particular one, I believe it's from a recruiter, but it's still kind of cool that what you're talking about has actually been applicable to me directly. So uh, that's really, really cool. Well, cool. Well, what is your typical work week like there at LinkedIn? I know before on our pre-call, you mentioned you work out of the Empire State Building, which is super cool. What is your uh, typical work week like? Yeah, so, I mean, you kind of took the cat out of the bag on that one. So we're located inside the Empire State Building, which is beautiful and phenomenal. The view here is amazing. And my typical week, honestly, I would say no week is always the same. But a few of the common things that definitely happens within the week is I am always on call to my clients. I'm a firm believer within my position in client management. I'm all about establishing and fostering relationships. So on a given day, I may have about five to seven meetings where I'm meeting with my client to understand if their goals have changed what kind of personal updates they had in their lives, um, what can they see in terms of performance from their LinkedIn campaign, and or just to catch up, to be honest. Right. So that's one aspect. Second aspect with my job is truly meeting with the other departments at LinkedIn. Because as a client solutions manager, yes, you are client-facing, you are representing LinkedIn, you want to deliver that best experience possible, but then again, I have to meet with our other teams in, internally at LinkedIn, such as product marketing. I need to understand what are some of the updates that's going to happen within the platform that will affect my clients. I need to meet with marketing. What kind of materials are we going to release that could benefit my client's marketing objectives? Then I'm meeting with insights. What kind of information can I share with my clients that would give them tangible insights to drive business decisions. Then I'm also meeting with our finance team 
to making sure all the billing efforts are very streamlined and as seamless as possible. So definitely is a lot of going back and forth with my, with my job. Yeah, there are. And thanks for going in-depth like that. That really helps our students see exactly what you're talking about and what a day in the life of is kind of like. Now, was this a job that you were targeting specifically? Was it a company you were looking at? Was your career path straight? Or did you have to make some turns and twists? (laughs) Oh, man, it was definitely a lot of twists. (laughs) So when I was in college, I did this amazing program um, called MAPE, which is a multicultural advertising internship program. When I was going to school, I thought I wanted to be like Don Draper from Mad Men and work in an ad <laughs> agency, wear a suit. So I was aver- I was interning at a major advertising agency in New York City. I quickly realized after a month that, you know, working at an advertising agency wasn't really for me. I wasn't really passionate about it. So then I was kind of lost for a minute to kind of figure out what exactly do I want to do, where I want to live. But one thing I was very certain about is I love working with people. That was my main driving factor. Right. So where so where can I find a job that I could work with people and that aligns with my passion of health and wellness? And that's when I found this one publishing company called Rodell. And Rodell was the world's leading health and wellness magazine brand world with brands such as Runner's World, Men's Health Magazine, Women's Health. Um, bicycling magazine. So I aggressively applied to the job like for an internship to be a sales assistant, and I got rejected probably like five to six times before I even graduated. <laughs> and and this is where you have to be a little bit unique and be truly and truly know yourself. At a Rodell, they had this one event called the Men's Health Urban Athlon. It was a ten to twelve mile race that was located in Chicago. New York City, and San Francisco. I'm like, you know what? I am a runner. They are the world's leading health and wellness brand in the world. I'm going to train for this race, and they're going to know my name. So fast forward forward a little bit later, I was able to place fourth in the nation um, in Chicago for the race, and I forward my results to the publisher of Runner's World magazine and telling her, this is why you should meet with me. Here's my resume. I guarantee it. If you give me 10 to 15 minutes of your time, you would not regret it. And that's how I got my first job out of school. I love that because you're basically saying you cannot ignore me. <laughs> no, you're, no. You're doing what it takes to get their attention and show that you are you deserve a chance to uh, interview for a job. So that's amazing. And you got the job. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, it was phenomenal. I was there for about uh, three three to four years of, of my career. Um, moved up the chain. And then afterwards, after spending about a good three or four years there, that's when I decided, you know what, I see the future of the digital space and advertising going more so to the tech field. So then I decided to make a jump to work at Yahoo for the Tumblr business. Oh, wow. Okay. For Tumblr. Gotcha. Okay. Was that an easy transition? Not at all. It was definitely, (laughs) I'm just going to be completely honest, It it was a daunting experience because my time at Rodell, I was primarily doing display media. So like display media is pretty much when you go on a website and those annoying banners that would definitely just make you cringe. Yep, I was that guy. I was You're that guy. Day. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> and then secondly, I was also working for events marketing. So any kind of special events Rodell was hosting in terms of like races, races, uh, wellness events. It was my job to make sure that our attendees are having the best experience possible, so more so logistics. So then when I went over to work at Tumblr, it was a new platform to learn, a new type of selling 
truly understand, and Tumblr had a very specific audience. So it definitely took me a while to truly understand Tumblr's narrative and find my way, my unique, my unique way of delivering that narrative to our clients. So if you would go through, like, what was the transition or why did you transition from Tumblr? Was the next step LinkedIn? How did that go? <laughs> so at, at Tumblr, I was pretty much doing the same thing what I'm doing now with the exception of I was only focusing on post-sale. Okay. So I was a traditional account manager at Tumblr, and I was aligned in a pod system. And a pod system is pretty much the norm in a kind of media or a tech company is in which you have a group of people that deliver the same results to your client. So at okay. Tumblr, you would have an account manager, which is myself. You have an account executive who's responsible for building those relationships and seeking opportunities. Then you have an insights person who's responsible for the deep data, and then you also have a, an account strategist who will help the account executive to formulate a plan to get those new relationships in the door. Right. So my okay. job was once a client says, hey, I would love to be on Tumblr, we signed a contract, I wanna start my campaign on August 1st. The moment they sign the contract, then it's my job to take it over from there. And the account executive steps off, everyone else steps off. I have to make sure that we deliver against what we promised on. So after doing that for about a good year or so, I wanted more of a 360 view, not just focusing on the post-sale, but I truly want to focus on a 360 view of the moment we reach out to our clients to truly understand their overall business objective, their personal objective, before they decide to run on our platform. And that's when I stumbled on LinkedIn. Okay, so now as far as that goes, it sounds like, you know, instead of, like you said, having one view and kind of taking the ball and running with it and everybody else, you know, comes off with the project, you're there from start to finish. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. Okay. As a client specialist, so that that's a pretty significant change from Tumblr to LinkedIn. Did you have any obstacles in getting the LinkedIn job, or do you feel like all of your past experience kind of led you to, hey, this is a different thing I like to pursue, a little bit different step? I'm ready for it. In terms of the soft skills, the soft skills definitely prepare me for it, for sure. Like working with different personalities, working with different time zones, and um, creating different narrative self-help pitches. But the actual content and the different type of marketing was very different. Because at Tumblr, even at Rodell, I was mostly focused on business to consumers. So mm. marketing to actual individuals. Whereas LinkedIn, we're focused more so on business to business. So trying to get those large enterprise deals focusing on companies. Understanding how do different companies make their money. So different conversations that was being had. And in terms of how I got to LinkedIn, I was fortunate enough that throughout my career, I'm a big fan of networking. So I'm always meeting people, whether it's for lunch or at networking events. And one of my leaders at Tumblr referred me to one of the directors at LinkedIn. And, and from there, we had a conversation. We met for breakfast. And I was asking him for his advice about like the work culture of what can I expect from my career trajectory if I make this move. And everything he mentioned was exactly what I wanted to hear plus more. Oh, wow. That's a great conversation to have. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, that's really great. As a reminder, you can check out all previous episodes at learnfromothers.org. And if you're an educator or a student, you can search for podcasts by Career Cluster. To ensure this podcast continues to grow, please provide a rating by going to Apple Podcasts and clicking on the stars. So we learned what you wanted to be when you grew up, which was an NFL player, and what you do today, which is a client solutions manager for LinkedIn. So looking back, what would you do differently? If I had to go back in time 
actually, when I first started my job at, at Rodell, because I was working two jobs at a time. I was working at Nike over the weekend, and I was working at Rodell during the week. I wish I would have continued to work at Nike, don't get me wrong, it was a phenomenal experience, but I wish I would have worked at a startup as well as a side job uh, because right. that would have exposed me to being accustomed to working on projects from start to finish and be exposed to different departments within a company that would better prepare me for my career at LinkedIn. Wow, that's a great answer. I haven't heard that one yet. That is a really good answer. So that would have given you just such a breadth of knowledge from a startup perspective, which would apply to just about everything you're doing ever since then, right? Exactly. Well, let's talk to the student that would like to do what you do. You can define that as you will. What advice would you give them? Is there a typical career path? I wouldn't say it's a typical career path because uh, at my kind of position in client relationships, they look for people with different backgrounds because you mm-hmm. bring something different to the table. I'll say the, the common theme, though, was will be to have curiosity. You have to be curious. You always have to be um, challenging the status quo. If a client mentioned, hey, I want to increase revenue, why? And they'll give you their why, but then you ask them how. So you always have to dig a little bit deeper. But the traditional route, per se, would start in some sort of marketing or sales position and work your way out from, from there. Wow, okay. No, that's great advice. I hear that more and more about explore and experience different things while you can because it will only help you as you grow in your career. So that's great advice. Well, you've just taken us on your career journey. And as with most career journeys, success largely depends on transportation. And now we don't know each other, but I'm a huge car guy. Could you tell me what was your first car? Oh, my first car. So just for the audience to know, since I live in New York City, I do not own a car now, but my first car <laughs> was a 2001 Pontiac Grand Prix. Oh, okay. Not a bad car. Well, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you mentioned a little bit how you've lived all over the world, correct? Yes, yes. So to give a little background, a little more background. So I was born and raised in Miami, Florida, and I lived there up until like half of my ninth grade year. And then afterwards, I moved to West Philly, same high school as Will Smith, yes. Then afterwards, I moved to Wilson, North Carolina, a very small city next to Raleigh, North Carolina. And then this is where things get a little bit more interesting. Once I graduated from high school, I I wanted to go to a place where I didn't know a single person. So I put all the space in the hat where I have no family or friends within a 200-mile radius, and I shuffle it up. The first state I pulled out was Michigan. I told my family, hey, I'm going somewhere in Michigan. I just don't know where yet. (laughs) And I went on... I went on Google, I typed in advertising, track and field, Michigan University. First school that popped up was Ferris State University in Big Rapids, Michigan, and that's where I ended up attending my undergrad. Now, where else did you go? You went overseas a little bit too, right? Yes. So I studied abroad and taught English in Seoul, South Korea, and I also studied international business in Italy. Wow, where in Italy? So I went around a lot of places, but primarily I set my time to free. Okay. Yeah, it's gorgeous there. I love Italy. Wow. Well, getting back to the cars, did you drive in Italy or drive in Korea? Definitely didn't drive in Italy, but I was forced to drive in Korea only once. Only because my buddy who was Korean at the time, um, he wasn't feeling very well to drive us back home. I'm like, you know what? It's you could read in Korean. I really can't. I don't know where I'm going, but I know how to drive. If you can just navigate us <laughs> to where we have to go, we're good to go from there. That's awesome. That's a memory you'll never forget. That's great. Oh, definitely. I was terrified. Yeah. Well, what is your dream car if you have one? 
I'm very basic, but if I if I could have a dream car, probably gonna say an Audi A8. Oh, those are nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, one perks to some jobs is a cool is a company car. They're not always cool. But one thing I like to do if I had all the money in the world is to buy you a really cool company car based on your job. Now, yours was interesting because I was like, well, where do I go with this? Normally, you know, it's kind of straightforward. I was like, LinkedIn client. All right, let's see. Where do I go with this? So I ended up kind of throwing it up in the air, Google searched on LinkedIn. I said, all right, well, let me use LinkedIn and search the automotive hashtag. So that's where I went. And it's ironic. They pulled up a really super amazing, cool car for you. So I said, well, you know what? That's the car for you. So the car I picked out for you is an Aston Martin Vantage AMR Pro. So this is a gorgeous Ooh. kind of Aston Martin race car. And the post that they had put on there was it revving up and leaving the garage. So I will send you a picture of this car. There's only making seven of these. That's how special this car is. So that's the car I would pick for you. It wouldn't make any sense in New York, but it's a really cool car. And that's the one I'd get for you. <laughs> hey, hey, well, with a car like that, I may have a, like a nice little side job right there. But like Uber <laughs> Super, uh, I don't know, but I'll make it. Oh, work. yeah. Yeah, I like that. Uber <laughs> Uber Super. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking us on your journey today. What's the best way for listeners to learn more about you and LinkedIn? Yeah, so definitely you can follow me on my website, carlvind.com. It has links to my Twitter, my LinkedIn profile, as well, as well as I blog here and there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking us on your career journey today. Perfect. Thanks for having me, Greg. Thank you for listening to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. Where will our next adventure take us? Subscribe to find out. If you know of someone who has a cool career story or occupation, contact Greg through Instagram at Greg Stanley LFO. That's G-R-E-G-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y-L-F-O. And we will see you soon as we learn from others together.